0: Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today we've got the guy who runs Old School Wrestling Clips, a great Twitter account uh, with videos from wrestling matches that you may not have seen. Uh, He once ate maggots on live TV. He claims responsibility for the fake Tom Ryan Twitter account, and since we don't know his real name, we're calling him Tom Ryan. Uh, Tom Ryan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me on man, stoked to be here, never been on a wrestling podcast, always wanted to, uh, super excited to talk shop, talk wrestling, and uh, yeah, just get this thing rolling.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds good, so more than any single match, what stood out to me from this past weekend was kind of the, um, the series of results that we saw at 197 in the Big Ten. You had Max Dean, who was the number two guy in the country. Uh, he'd had some close matches this year, but taken to overtime once uh, on Friday, then lost on Sunday. He had Cam Caffey, who was struggling a little bit, with two top ten, I think top five wins. Uh, you had Patrick Brucky um, wrestling pretty well, uh, splitting matches with Dean and Bullsack, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into that. Um, so it starts on Friday night, you had um <clears throat> Michigan State Rutgers. So Michigan State actually won that duel, kind of a surprise. You had uh Molshevsky, Pian and then you had um at one ninety seven, Caffey beat Greg Bullsack. Uh you see that match?
1: I did. Um it's cool to see Caffy kind of making some noise. Um he sort of made some noise last year and like you've said, he's sort of not been beating like any top five guys, top six guys. Um so yeah, it's cool to see him. I love his style. Um I love seeing like funky uh I mean he's not heavyweight, he's ninety seven, but just bigger dudes who can know how to scramble. Um and he's just uh, he's just a brick. He's just uh, he's hard to score on. Funky. He he goes upper body. He throws. Um, really love really love watching that guy. So it's cool to see him pick up some big wins. Yeah, um,
0: you know it's interesting because Bull was having a really good season as well. Um, right. Transferred in from Clary and starts doing. Um, you know, he would always been pretty good, but it seemed like really took it to another level this year. And then uh Caffey, you know, had such a and looking back, he does this every year. He has such a really bad start. All right, so he lost to Matt Roblevsky from Illinois. Uh, and he, he lost eight oh to Jake Kozer from Navy back in November. Um, not a strong start to the season. Did pretty well at scuffle but lost to Michael Beard. And then he's, even
1: you know like er, early on in the college season with it being so long and like of mm-hmm. course you still have to take take any head to head matchup you know into account of course but mm-hmm. it's like it's like preseason almost yeah. it's well, it's I, almost I think, like it doesn't count. I think
0: he probably like handles it that way. I think mean so. that, that some guys do want to be at you know full power in November and he's like yeah I'm training for March.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be like, I don't know, some sort of like coaching strategy mm-hmm. too for peaking where it's right, like yeah. the early, you know, Michigan State Open or Clarion Open or any of those, you know, preseason matches to kind of be like, you know, let's throw out the new stuff we've been working on. Let's like, you know, see, see if you can make this move work, if you can make this new pace, if you can make this new energy kind of work and sort of just like feel it out and kind of like, get a grip of of what your style is going to be for that year and then once it comes to i guess once like scuffle comes around that's that's kind of at least for me when it's like you know all right we're in full swing now mm-hmm. um so could be that it could just be like
0: cuz he kind of does know, this every year i feel like Caffey? yeah i mean last last year obviously was weird but so, 2020, so I went to the Michigan State Rutgers Duel in 2020, uh, and he lost to Billy James or you know, like, 5-1 or something. Yeah, I don't even like, know Like, that geez, is. that's not a good result. But then he ended, up, yeah. he ended up having, like, a really good end of that season.
1: What did he place at NCAAs? Uh,
0: Last year he didn't place. He was around the 12.
1: He didn't place. That's right.
0: Yeah, he um, lost to Jake Woodley and Jacob Warner. That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Um yeah, I'm hoping to see him make some noise. Yeah, and so in, so in
0: the match, Bullsack is in on his leg, Caffey does the Caffey thing where he's just his his defense once they're in on his leg is just ridiculous.
1: It really um, is. There's at some point he was in on like um like a really deep double. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's like climbed
0: over his back or something right yeah
1: he was like on his like climbing up his back like as he's like basically like, like moving forward yeah. yeah and was able to like hip out of it that was super impressive
0: mm-hmm. yeah like it, it's not even like oh wow he, i can't believe he survived that but he's doing the kind of textbook things that you do, you see consistently to defend right. it's just like what what did he just do what is going on here you know, kicking over the top at one point,
1: I think. Right. Um, yeah, that weird... Um, and then, uh, yeah,
0: so it, he, he won the match basically on one position where he gets into, like, a Merkel,
1: right? It was a weird... I was kind of confused and not even totally sure if I agree if that was a takedown or not. He seemed to have a Merkel like, on one side, you mm-hmm. know, like the over overlock, like, mm-hmm. left hand over the head, right hand under the arm, but he had his leg like on the opposite leg like shelved, basically. Mm-hmm. That, um, it, it,
0: it wasn't the classic Merkel where you've hooked the near leg. It was like across Bullsack's body. Exactly. Which they usually don't call.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was a little... I was confused. Uh, yeah, I
0: think because he didn't... Um, Bullsack didn't have the leg like lifted up in the air. Right. They gave it and then he took him back with it and got the four count Right. Then um, turned him again, which I feel like they shouldn't have given. I don't know. It, like it, it seemed like it was kind of the same, the same move. It, it wasn't the same move, but it was. He didn't get back to like a defensible position because he still right. had the leg in the whole time. I mean, that's always like. I feel like that's never called consistently. Of whether a leg ride counts as the same move.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean
0: like like if you Turk a guy, you get your four count. He goes back to his stomach, but you still have the leg in. It's like fifty fifty if they give the points right away.
1: Right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I don't know what the rule on that is. Because um, they're definitely because you could still have like a, a Turk where your hips are kind of turned down, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, like if they were to get another hit another pinning combination, you know, it, it would almost be as if starting from ground zero with like a little bit of an, an advantage because you have cause you have a small Turk or a short Turk, whatever you want to call it. But I guess you're not often seeing people like you know have a have a short Turk, I guess we can call it. And um and score from there. So, uh, I guess it is kind of iffy. I'm I'm not totally sure what the rule is um, cuz I mean I know obviously you've got to let go of your lock you know to be able to mm-hmm. to pick up another set of backs um yeah yeah the the leg positions like that and like merkles get like weird like that sometimes too um it's all it's all a little it's all a little hairy
0: so you I just want to ask this so you obviously post a fair amount of you know international wrestling stuff where the Merkel is not a takedown, right. um, you know. Do you think it should be
1: in folk style or not? Um, I kind of, I kind of think so. I mean, if you're the bottom guy, or if you're getting Merkled, um, it, you're you're sort of starting from. Squ- square zero you know you're gonna try to tripod up and 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 get out of that so it is a little weird to have that i guess not not be a takedown um because it sounds it to me it feels like it's it's the end of the the scramble it's the end of the the motion and it's it's sort of starting from from square one again and you're kind of trying to get away like he's behind you he's underneath your arms um typically on your on your knees or tripod it up so it it feels like control to me um but yeah i mean interesting with freestyle too it's fun sometimes um and i think you see some crazy athleticism which is really exciting like from the tripod position trying to trying to get your knees broken down or your elbow broken down um but yeah, with with folks that I don't know, I think it it ends up in a lot of stalemates and things like that. And um, so I don't know. I mean, I I think it's control. I, I would say I, I would say it should be a takedown. I think too, if they did make that position a takedown, I think you'd see more people going to it. And typically, if you're if you're throwing in a a Merkel like usually wild stuff is about to happen because it's a really like 50 50 position like of course the person on top has more of an opportunity like score big points like if they roll through it or something or you know um or or look for something big um yeah i think it should be a takedown i think it would i think it would be kind of make folks that a little bit more interesting could get some wild scrambles out of it
0: yeah, so obviously in uh, in this case, uh, it it was given the reversal once he got, um, the locking he got the hands down. I mean, he he put him to his back with it. You know, it's not right. like, you know, even even if they changed the rule, it wouldn't matter. Um, but right. to me, it it does not feel like control. You don't really get behind them. It feels like they've still got your leg. It's it's a, almost them it being in on a leg attack as much as it is you, getting the go behind, but. It doesn't. I, I was just curious to see what you thought about it. Um, it doesn't matter yeah. too much for this particular I mean, match. You're right. It it
1: doesn't. It doesn't feel very secure. Like you don't. But at the same time, it's like if you're getting murked, like the only thing in your head is like getting out of. The Merkel, which in my opinion would mean you're no longer in neutral, that you're you're trying yeah, to escape it. I, I think sometimes
0: internationally, though, you see um, you see guys using the the bottom of the Merkel as kind of an offensive position where they they basically just um, circle behind you. Um, uh, who right. Was it? Um, who was it? It, it wasn't Pater- well, yeah, it, it was Batirov, Right, did it against Zane? Um, at Worlds in 2017.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was really good. He was really good from that position. Um, Both of the T-Robs were good from that Mm -hmm. position. I guess they would hit sometimes. Like I don't even know what you would call this. It's kind of like a hybrid gut wrench assassin, where they have the Merkel and like they're tripoded up. Like let's say they're on they're on the right side of it, and they kind of just like shove their, like, left hip underneath and kind of pop their hips and are able to get, like, a big four-point exposure. I mean, you don't see that too often, but I've seen Batirov. I'm pretty sure both of them hit that. And the Batirovs are, are weird, too, because I don't want to say weird, um, but they don't have that that many moves. Like, like Mavlet had, like, um, his, like, upper body like inside crotch pulling on the shoulder like from over under throw and he would of course hit his um his uh what do you call knee pick or um whatever you want to call it like that but um yeah he was uh for like every position It's it was watching them it's almost like you sort of know what they're gonna do because they're only doing one or two things from from each position
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, if we get back to um, the Big Ten, yeah. Uh, so, so big win for Caffey. Um, you know, and and one thing I just want to mention is Caffey's actually really good both top and bottom. Um, he, he gets is. out against everybody, um, and he can hold people down and just be Michigan State in general. I think is really good at just being in the way on top. And with and Right. So um on the other side of the state we had um every really other side, because Michigan State's in the middle, but uh in Ann Arbor duo I was at in person we had Patrick Brucky uh from Michigan, wrestling Max Dean. Brucky with two takedowns in the first two periods. He was getting to um a lot of low ankle shots. There were a couple that that he could have scored but didn't finish but yeah there's there an is, ankle pick
1: there's like a low
0: single
1: he's real good with that he kind of used the same setup for that ankle pick as with like the cross knee pick he does mm-hmm. it's sort of like it reminds me a little bit of like coleman scott's like cross knee low ankle pick i don't know what from you the, want to call from it from the over from either an over collar or like the OSU like outside tie uh-huh. where he would sort of like, I guess typically like if you're hitting like cross ankle, it's sort of like you have that elbow or that over tie and you sort of like dip to the pocket on the opposite, opposite from where you mm-hmm. have the, like the elbow. Mm-hmm. But Scott would sort of like get super, super low and get like almost underneath his own arm and i guess drive like diagonally and like knee pick that way like throwing his elbow up into his chest i think like Brucky kind of is is a little bit like that he seems to kind of like like crowd or crouch towards towards that knee side to
0: yeah the the the, the kind of penn state style um, exactly setup. yeah
1: yeah it's really nice um i think Brucky is an absolute house too yeah. Scary dude, It looks like a fireman That mustache is pretty intimidating um, And he is just like a, He's a powerhouse He's a strong, mm-hmm. strong dude
0: Yeah, so It, it was, um, Brocky was looking really Impressive um, Chose down uh, in the third period He had a 4-3 lead um, And had like 45 seconds of riding time in his favor Took bottom um, Didn't really Get anywhere Was never super close to getting out. Got ridden out, which forced overtime. And then um, in overtime took a shot. Kind of into it. It wasn't into an underhook, but uh, Dean caught an underhook, just thrown by. Easy takedown. Right. Um, Do you think it was a gas tank thing? Do you think it was just Max Dean's good on top? What um what kind of swung that match?
1: Um, I don't think it's a gas tank thing. I mean Dean's Dean's good on top. Um So yeah. Uh I mean it was a pretty it was a relatively like straightforward match. Um like nothing super like debatable or complicated. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a frustrating one to be at. Um, the reason I bring up Gas Tank is it—it it did seem like in the Sunday match, Gas Tank maybe was a thing. Um, there he wrestled against Greg Bolsack from Rutgers. Hey. Um, there he was—he was getting in more of a into more head outside positions, uh-huh. um, but wasn't quite able to to finish until late in the match and then in
1: overtime i mean yeah it could be gas tank i mean i guess this is like time of the year where gas tank is gonna become an issue because they've been making weight for a couple months now and with all with it being dual season um you know making weight every week mm-hmm. um so yeah it's, it's hard to tell uh, i'm it, I've always had a hard time noticing gas tank issues unless it's like very obvious. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like a lot of wrestlers, like you don't show that you're tired. Like mm-hmm. that's like rule number one. Like no matter how tired you are, you don't show that you're tired, but it doesn't mean that you're not tired just cause you know, you know, mm-hmm. you don't look it. So it's kind of yeah, tough. I guess I mean, we'll, knows, maybe
0: you know, he's sick or something you know, just this weekend. Cause it, it doesn't seem like it's, it's been a, a huge issue for him, you know,
1: overall. Right. Right. Yeah, stoked to see um stoked to see Brookie in in March. Um mm-hmm. I kinda got some high hopes for him. I think he's really good.
0: Yeah, that um did you did you see that match?
1: I did not, not see, see that guys. match though. Okay, no. Yeah, yeah no. So,
0: thought, um, so we won't go into too much detail on that, but Okay. Um the um the Michigan State Penn State duel, uh you had Caffey once again doing the Caffey thing against Max mm-hmm. Dean. I think Caffey took one shot all match, um and scored on it. And Max yeah. Dean was in deep like five or six times, no takedown. Um, yeah, the
1: the Caffey um the Caffey takedown, it was like swing single, just like classic kind of swing single. Um but some super good strength from Caffey. Like, I guess Dean was trying to sit, like, sit the corner. And Caffey just didn't go down, like, to, to his knees. He kind of just stayed on his feet and was able to kind of, like, power through it. Just, mm-hmm. just kind of, like, muscle. Yeah, out he, that he, position. He is,
0: it was like he shot head inside, but ended up head
1: outside and just lifted right. Right, exactly. Yeah,
0: it was a nice takedown. And then, obviously, the... um Defensive uh, wizardry again. Yep. Beard was in. I, I don't remember the exact number, but in really deep. You mean Dean? Uh, yeah, right. Because um, so what I was gonna bring up next was uh, so Michael Beard for Penn State um, did beat Cam Caffey like six two at the scuffle. Right. Um, how close do you think it is between? Max Dean and Michael Beard, wasn't it? Like 7 6
1: in the wrestle off. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's, um, it's, I mean, they, it's got to be definitive in the room for them to make a decision and not have them sort of flip flop depending on matchups or something like that. I mean, I don't even know if Penn State would do something like that. Um, yeah, got, got to be close. I mean, those are two of the, like best wrestlers in the country, like fighting for one spot, which is pretty insane. Penn State's just always so deep. Um, it's almost as like all their number two guys can like can really hang with with top twenty wrestlers. Um, yeah, what do you, what do you think about their matchup? It,
0: I don't know. It it is interesting that um, Beard hasn't done any duels. He's only wrestled at uh, at tournaments. Which does right. make you think it's not uh, in the coaching staff's mind? It's not a thing that they've got their mind made up here.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was like preseason, you know. So they mm-hmm. threw him into like tournaments, of course, but um, yeah, he's taking the taking the backseat for for some reason. He's he's got to be getting beat in the room or outworked or there's some sort of are they the same year? What year are each of them in?
0: Um, Beard is younger, but uh, he's like a, a year or two more of
1: eligibility. Right. I mean, that could be it too. So mm-hmm. we're just like seniority, like y'all are y'all are dead even and mm-hmm. instead of like putting y'all through the through the, you know, wood chipper and just having you guys, I don't know, wrestle off before each mm-hmm. duel or something. Like, I know like a lot of high schools will do that or like junior colleges. Um, like they'll have another junior college I went to for a short time. They, they would have wrestle offs before each duel. Um, and I know towards the end of the year, it started like weighing, weighing on people and the guys who were sort of solidified at number one, but people wanted to give it a shot. It was almost like hurting the team, you know, cause it's just like, they're just another match that they have to, to wrestle that week. And, regardless of if it's in the practice room you know it's still it's still a legitimate match and you got to treat it like one and um yeah it can be tough
0: yeah i know that's like the stereotype like that's the thing that you do in wrestling you always got to earn it but like i've I've never actually seen a program that wrestled off every week
1: yeah it was nassau community college they they did it for Mm -hmm. they did it for almost every duel um and I guess, like, they would say no to some people if it was, like, super, you know, like, you really weren't good in trying to wrestle off the starter. Um, but I guess, like, junior colleges, too, or at least NASA, like, there were, like, 60 people in the room, like, throughout the whole year, so. Oh,
0: uh-huh. so you had a whole bunch of people at every weight.
1: Exactly. And okay, it, it was yeah. weird, too, because the, the way they had it was, like, if you weren't the starter, like... The way the coaches made it, they were like, you could show up and come to practice and wrestle open tournaments and be under our name, but here, like, they kind of made it like you weren't actually on the team, which was kind of frustrating. It was sort of just like, you could practice here if you want, but, like, we're not going to actually register you as, like, an athlete on this team. You're just sort of like a practice dummy.
0: Yeah, so um in that match was was there anything super unique besides the um you know there's Caffey doing the splits you know I mean yeah Kaffy's really clean takedown
1: Yeah, Caffey's, Caffey's s- splits and scrambling is is super super impressive. Mm-hmm. I think like 97 in heavyweight scrambling this year has kind of, and like athleticism has sort of like, I think kind of taken a notch up. I don't know if it's just the sport evolving in general, or if there's a, a really good group of 97 pounders and heavyweights, but these guys can move this year. Um, heavyweight too, like people are like, there's, you don't really see any more like Zach Ray kind of like just the really thick, like slow moving, just like, heavyweight hand fighting they're they're kind of wrestling like 57 pounders um so yeah it'll be cool to see it'll be cool to see in march with kathy and and see if that could turn into you know high up on the podium with all that scrambling ability
0: Mm -hmm. Um, talking about the splits you know i think one thing that stands out is that he's like mobile from there like, it's not just that he can reach that level extension. It's that he can then fail out of it when they, if they start getting an angle on him. Then he can, you know, still move around. I feel like probably, like, five or six years ago, you saw everybody trying to do the splits. Great. You know, like Mega like, did a lot, but then you would see just, like, random dudes at, like, 174, and you're like, wow, he can almost do the splits. But that was basically Ye- all they were going for is if a guy was in an on a single leg and starting to get around them. It's like, oh, I'm going to the slip. But they would, like, it was it was all they could do to reach the position. And they couldn't actually, like, wrestle from that position. And now I think the guys, fewer guys try to do it, but the guys that do it can actually wrestle from there.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing about that position is that it's not that hard to put yourself in that position. Like, if you're trying to just look for a stalemate, or something, but you do need some some serious flexibility when you're in that splits to actually make some moves and either evade the takedown or sco- score some points trying to get in a Jonesy position or something like that, but I think, like, Askren did a really good job with it, and he would always do it from getting cradled. Like, he would, he would straighten his leg, like, hamstring out like, completely, like, flat on the mat, and he was like super hard to take down from that position and he was able to move and he was able to you know like head fight kind of um and just sort of work his way back out front to a sprawl um so yeah it's cool it's cool seeing people kind of not just seeing that as a move that can get you a, a stalemate um and kind of be offensive with it
0: yeah yeah, it's definitely interesting to see you know how these things shift. You know, like the little trends.
1: Same thing with the uh, same thing with like Jones Jonesy tilt Jones tilt position. Like uh, Jordan Oliver kind of made that popular. I mean, it's been being hit forever, but um, I feel like that kind of got trendy. But people now, I think, are using that Jones tilt position almost as like a little trick. Like you get in the Jones tilt position and you kind of put all that weight on that ankle and then you try to square up back front and wrestle from there instead of just looking for a stalemate um just kind of like that split position so yeah i think i think it's it's a trend that's just you know making has made folk style wrestling just you know a notch a notch above that people are people are not just trying to get in those two positions to get a stalemate they're really trying to to make some moves
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, if you had to rank these guys, not, not the way, you know, flow wrestling or whatever do their rankings of, you know, assessment of their results, but as a predictive thing of who you would want, you know, um, on your team in March, you know, who you think is going to place the highest out of these, how would you rank the four guys that we've been talking about?
1: So we got Kathy, Dean Bulsack and Brucky. Yep. Um Kathy Beat Bulsack. Yep, this year. Yeah, 12 on Friday. Um I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy. Um mm-hmm. I want to I want to say Dean um but but Brucky beat him in, in OT and wrestled him really, really well. It was it was pretty dead even. I think if I were gun to my head, um, I'm probably still going to go Max Dean at number one, maybe Brucky at number two, number three, Caffey, and number four, Bolsik. Um, Although I, I think, I don't know, I think if Caffey has tournament of his life kind of thing, I think... Um, <sighs> You know, once quarter quarters come around, semis come around, people are starting to get, like, beaten up a little bit. I think he's going to frustrate some people with his ability to avoid takedowns and scramble scramble out of things. And I think he's going to end up in a couple, like, 2-1, 3-2, third period matches, no riding time. And, um, you know, the, the whole first or second period, someone's been trying to score two or three takedowns, spend 30, 40 seconds trying to do it, get squashed, get stalemate, and, you know, Kathy's still... I mean, he's always looked relatively fresh, gas tank-wise, so... Um, yeah, high hopes, or, high hopes for Caffey. I think Dean is gonna come through when it really matters, um, but Brutke is a beast, too, so... What about you? How would you rate him, rank him?
0: I don't know, I... I kinda wanna go Brucky, number one, then Dean, then Caffeine and Bullsack. It's all so close. Um
1: I really wanna go Brucky. I think though, and tell me if I'm I wrong. mean I mean
0: Brucky lost to Jake Woodley this year. Go ahead, what do yeah. you want to say?
1: Um I was gonna say I don't think Brucky's offense is that dynamic I agree. as opposed to as opposed to Dean. Um, so I don't know. I think if, if they were to wrestle again, Dean would kind of game plan for that, that cross ankle, cross knee pick he does. And if he, if he shuts that down, it's like, what's Brookie's number two, number three takedown. Um, I mean, he's pretty good in every position, but you know, if we're talking in March, you know, making it to the finals or winning finals or winning a semifinal match, um, I don't know. People might game plan for it, shut it down, and we'll have to see his his number two, number three attack. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's so close among all of them. I, th-
1: I think Kathy. It's a crapshoot.
0: Yeah, I think Kathy just loses too many matches. Too many matches. He should be winning. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember his match against Eric Schultz last year where he looked so much better than him and somehow lost with like, 6'5". Jeez.
1: Yeah, he's... um, I mean, I love Michigan State. I love seeing, like, underdog, like, not, you know, huge Big Ten schools or anything like that. Love seeing them succeed, so... Mm-hmm. Putting my... You know, putting a lot of, um, yeah, want them to do really good. Want to see Michigan State on top. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know. I guess it's just a bias. Maybe it's just like a Big Ten yeah. bias or something. But, like, it's, it's hard. It, 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 if it's Dean versus Kathy in March or something, regardless of what happened during the year, I'm, I'm probably going to go Dean. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all these guys could make the finals. Yeah. But, um, that that's probably a reasonable assessment. All right. So let's move on to, um, next weekend. Um, the big duel is Penn State and Iowa. Uh, I believe at Carver. Is that right?
1: Yep. It's at Carver.
0: Yep. So number one against number two. Um, We did not get to see them wrestle at that journeyman duels, whatever they call it now in Florida, South Beach duels, but it's not in South Beach anymore. It's in Alabama or something. All right, so I don't know what weight they'll start at. Uh, I'm guessing 125. We're going to start at 125. Drew Hildebrandt for Penn State um, came in from Central Michigan after briefly being retired. Um, he's looked a little bit iffy so far this year, but I think he's just working his way back into it. Taking on Drake Ayala, true freshman for Iowa. How do you see this one going?
1: I think this is going to be, like, an amazing match, honestly. I think, I mean, if you've watched any Ayala, pretty much any Ayala match at all this year, like, they're all barn burners. They're all, like, six four, eight seven. He's a gamer um he does not lose steam at all. He's pretty high paced the whole match um i th- I think it's gonna be Ayala with a with a decision um I mean, yeah, Hildebrand seems to still need to work out some kinks um get the ball rolling. I think this is gonna get the ball rolling for him you know it's it's like if anything's gonna get him ready you know or get get the kinks out it's it's gonna be this match but um yeah i think al is like pace is is super intense and super fiery and just he he doesn't let up he's good from behind um was it McKee that he beat he was losing like eight to two or something and came back
0: i think it was um, no certain episode. oh no certain yeah
1: yeah that yeah for third place um yeah that was that was super impressive that was one of my favorite matches of the year um yeah so big ayala guy so i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go decision i guess i don't know maybe like i'm gonna guess eight five going eight five um ayala over over hildebrand what about you
0: yes tough um the, the the way Hildebrandt wrestles is gonna be a little bit different from what Ayala seen. Um, and Ayala has struggled a little bit on bottom. Um, you know, obviously Hildebrandt's pretty good on top. He's probably like five eight. I, I have no idea how tall he is, but he's he's tall for one twenty five.
1: Looks tall, Ayala. Yeah. Um, you
0: know, and Ayala doesn't always score tons of points. He um, he loves that right hand club to the left hand single leg,
1: classic Iowa style um, swing.
0: Yeah. yeah, Gilman hits that all the time. Mm-hmm. It seems like he he's like too committed to it, where he he isn't varied enough. In that certain match, he um, he started going carry to the opposite side a lot, and he was having success with that. Right. If he can kind of be attacking both sides more um i guess fluidly he'll probably he'll probably win this match but I'm not sure he will
1: I think a lot of I feel like a lot of Iowa guys are kind of like that like they've got their their go-to attack and like they're just going to keep doing it over and over and over and again, even if they get gotten taken down with it or gotten taken down and almost gotten taken down again. It's like almost a blessing and curse like that Iowa style mentality sometimes. So yeah, I agree. I think he, he does need to, to open it up a little bit, but I also think he's one of those wrestlers just cause he's so scrappy like, um, I guess like Yanni has said, you know, to to just get in wrestling positions kind of thing. So it's almost like mm-hmm. the initial attack just doesn't matter. Like they're 25 pounders. It's it, it's probably going to end up in some sort of scramble or a scrap or something. So, I mean, you could just be like using that attack to just get in the mix of something and, and try to score from there from a scramble or, or an exchange. Um, but yeah, it'll. I mean, I guess that's something he's probably going to be working on. then until March is is adding some variation and and getting out of just that one attack.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I will pick Ayala as well. I really don't have much confidence in this, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Same. Ayala. Just <laughs> he's, he's been wrestling better yeah.
1: this month. Def, definitely wouldn't be surprised though. I mean, Hildebrandt could pick up some points on top, like you said, he's really good, so, I don't know, I mean, it could end up being like, you know, first period, Hildebrand gets a lucky takedown or something, picks up two swipes on top, and it's, you know, four-nothing at the end of the first or something like that, and, you know, he could kind of just edge his way out from there, Um yeah, we'll see.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got uh, 133, uh, Roman Bravo Young against Austin DeSanto. They first wrestled, what, two years ago? And I think DeSanto was the favorite there. And yeah. then Bravo Young uh, took him down a couple times and then cradled him and uh, won by injury default. And I think ever, ever since then... No, no, no. Austin DeSanto beat him, right, Uh, Bravo Young's freshman year?
1: Not totally sure on that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to pull up the uh, history between them, but it's it's one where I think the tides have turned a little bit, where, you know, two or three years ago, one guy was, um, you know, a level above, and now it's the other way around.
1: Yeah, I mean, Roman Bravo Young is, like... So exciting! He's just like freakishly athletic. I feel like he's really like typical Penn State, the whole like having fun kind of thing. But he really seems to be like hitting like funky moves, like and not just for the sake of hitting them. Like they they work, um, you know, like that magic stick kind of thing, which I think he's hit like twice this year. But yeah, I, I guess Desanto too. What was it a couple weeks ago? I forgot which duel it was. The whole Iowa squad looked worn out, but he looked worn out too. He didn't look his his normal self. I think if it's prime time, Desanto, I think it'll be kind of a close match. I don't I don't think he's gonna he's gonna tire. I don't think Desanto's gonna tire. RbY, RbY out. I think RbY is gonna win. Um I think maybe DeSanto will pick up pick up a, a takedown or something, maybe maybe one real early. Because, I mean DeSanto just comes out super, super hard. Oh, I mean it's hard to do the whole match, but um yeah. I I if I were to guess I'm gonna go like I'm going seven to two RBY on this. I I think um I think RBY is too slick. I think Desanto is, um, of course, the guy hits a ton of different takedowns, but everybody knows his his go to, and they know he's going for that dump. Um, and I think RBY is too smart, and is gonna is gonna, you know, deal with all the the brutal pace, and um, yeah, I think. I think he's gonna beat him relatively handily.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because he was kind of the first guy to um, do the arm behind your back thing.
1: Right. Uh, oh yeah, just that's completely right.
0: deny the um, deny him getting that tie that he wants. Right. Um it, it, you know, he's become I feel like more and more of a counter guy, where so much of his offenses go behind and reattacks. Right. Where he's it, like
1: a, um he's like a, a wrestling positions guy as that that's how i called him in my mind like mm-hmm. like yanni like he just wants to be thrown in a scrap and if if he's scrapping yeah he's usually, i don't know because he
0: he doesn't force a lot of action i feel like i mean he he's aggressive you know he's it's not like he just sits there but he's not he's not forcing his shots you know what i mean like he's he's not he's firing happy. off attacks yeah, because he, he's happy to just it because he's so good on the reattack. He's so good on right.
1: the Yeah, it'll be interesting, too, because I, I kind of think the way to wrestle RBY is to <laughs> kind of make it... Put yourself in as few wrestling positions as you can, like, not to mm-hmm. say stall, but just keep perfect positioning and just don't take a lot of shots unless you know you're getting in deep and you're going to be in good position. Mm-hmm. So Desanto obviously doesn't care about... The about that at all, he's gonna do what DeSanto does, which is taking a million shots and um but yeah. What do you how do you think it's gonna it's gonna turn out?
0: Yeah, I'll say something like three two. Yeah. So um twenty nineteen DeSanto beat him 12-8 and seven two. Uh twenty twenty Bravo Young beat him by injury and then three two. And then last year he beat him five two. Okay.
1: So he's doing he's dwindling it down. But um, oh, no,
0: he's um he spread it because he was he was losing those first two, the twelve oh, eight and right, seven right, two. Right. Then one three two and then one five two. I
1: see. I see. Okay. Okay. So it's the opposite. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll be a Omega good match. Three, two,
1: RBY. Yeah, I think it's gonna be one of the one of the better, more interesting matchups too. Um yeah, I mean like you said, like RBY kind of being more of like a a counter, you know, not like really push forcing forcing offense and stuff. It'll it'll be cool to see DeSanto firing off a million attacks and seeing how good like RBY really is as as a counter-wrestler, an offensive counter-wrestler. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so 141, rematch of the national finals last year. Jig Ironman against Nick Lee. Uh, rematch of the Big Ten finals as well. They split those matches. Lee uh, lost, was it 6-5 in um, Big Tens, but then one two weeks later. Was it Four two six four,
1: I think four two in overtime. Yeah, four two in overtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what Ironman's Ironman been hasn't looked good this year. I feel like, I mean, he's not losing a lot, or I don't know if he's lost at all. I don't think he has, but he's getting a lot of close matches with people who are much below his tier. Um, still looks good. Um, I don't, is he a, is he a 60 year senior? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's getting to him. Yeah, um, I think he's, just, he might be a seventh year senior actually. Oh man. He's like 24 years old or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think Nick Lee's going to, going to take this one. I think Ironman's just been like edging out a lot of a lot of his matches and not being as as dominant as as he was and he seems to be and he's always kind of had this style but like he it's like playful a little bit like he's like really loose with his body and like just really like just like feeling out every position and just like kind of doing weird stuff and he can get real funky with um with, with like sitting in the corner when a guy gets on a shot on him but I don't think he's he hasn't been like his his dominant self and Nick Lee is an absolute maniac um but we haven't seen that much of him this year um so and who who is Nick Lee like who's been his reputable like, opponents this year?
0: Um, I'll pull it up. So this season, he doesn't really have any great opponents. Okay, he beat Grant Willits in their okay. opener. Um, so that was two months ago. He beat him 11-4. to um, He beat... Kale Happel is number 20 on WrestleStat. He beat him 18-4. to uh, he teched Drew Matten last week, who was having a good year, but was mostly wrestling at 133. Yeah, basically he hasn't wrestled with super high-caliber opponents this year.
1: Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to see where Nick Lee's at, um, but what we do know is that Ironman has been kind of shady lately, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like something's up a little bit with the whole Iowa squad. I'm sure it just has to do with them being a little bit burnt. They have a lot of. I th- yeah, I think that's and...
0: the biggest thing is that they have just spent so much time in this. You know, yeah, so Ironman graduated high school in 2015.
1: Crazy. So, yeah, seven years ago. It's insane. Yeah, so I guess. I guess I'm. I'm gonna go Nick Lee. Like I'm gonna go four two. Nick Lee. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think something like four two sounds about right. Where it's it's two takedowns for Lee. Right. Um, and not not even really based on what's happened this year, but I think just their trajectories and their skill sets. Um, I think Nick Lee's the better wrestler. And then once you consider that Ironman hasn't been great this year, I think um Lee wins fairly convincingly.
1: Yeah, it I I think it'll be interesting too, like and I know Ironman just kind of wrestles like this, but sort of what I've said before, like he's just silly. He's like a little goofy and not even to his fault. It's like part of his style, but maybe maybe a serious matchup like this will kind of like click something in his brain and make him a little tighter and back to the Ironman we're used to and it'll it'll be a, a closer match. Um, but I think if he's if he wrestles Nick Lee how he's been wrestling, I don't I don't think he's gonna beat Nick Lee. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so um if we agree there we'll go to one forty nine. Yeah. Uh, Bo Bartlett uh, for Penn State against Max Miren. For Iowa, uh, Bartlett was supposed to be a big thing. I think coming out of high school was yeah. kind of iffy last year. You know, maybe that was to be expected. But uh, ended up not qualifying for NCAAs. Lost to Michael Blockus at Big Tens. Uh, well, I think he I was. Thomas.
1: He was one of the wrestlers like. He, I think he was gonna redshirt, but yeah. he didn't just because it was a free just year. Just because a free
0: year, right? Right. Um. So this um, year he he did lose to Manzona Bryant, but he's got wins over Ogunsanya, Anthony Arvelona, beat Kyle Parco. That's a good win. He lost to Van Bril, which I do not remember i mean i I think he's just going through the classic um you know progression that a freshman will go through and it's just happened so publicly that um you know you, you just notice notice his losses a lot more
1: right um and then yeah Mieren,
0: I mean you' uh, obviously a senior um actually he's considered a junior but it's like his sixth year' it's his fifth year already in college
1: right. Yeah, I mean Bartlett could be um could be the one who gets carvered. It's I think it's it's real tough to be um, you know, a freshman and coming into coming into carver. Um and Marin just being kind of a a savvy vet, you know. Um I think it's gonna be a low scoring match. Um Probably gonna go like three two Miran.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I'm going for Mirin as well. Um you know, you can um he can ride out, he can score late. He had that um upset win over Yaya Thomas. Right. Was it uh two weeks ago? Yep. Yeah, that was um you know, a nice win for him. He also lost to manzone O'Brien this year, but uh, I think he's he's kind of wrestling well lately. He had that match with Sasso. He almost won.
1: Yeah, that was a close match.
0: Um, Bartlett obviously higher ceiling. Bartlett might be more likely to place in March.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I was thinking that too. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of giving Mirren the the win on this one, just because mm-hmm. kind of the age gap and it being it being. Carver. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's it's going to be close, regardless of where they would be wrestling at. But I think he's going to get carvered. Um, maybe not give up six or something, but um, yeah, I think I think he he might get mentally broken by uh, by Carver.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So we uh, we've agreed on all four so far one fifty seven uh Terrell Barrel for Penn State. Or however you say it. Um taking on Caleb Young. Uh, I don't even I
1: know Terrell Barrel. What's his name?
0: Yeah, it's like Barraclaw or something. I call him Terrell oh. Barrel.
1: <laughs> um and it's him it's Barrel verse who again Caleb Young. Caleb Young um I mean Young I don't know Barrel been
0: great this year, but um obviously a very solid guy he was seventh right. in the country last year.
1: Right. Um I mean I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Caleb Young. Um what are what are Barrel's like notable wins or big guys he's lost to?
0: Um, he, he wrestled a little bit at 49 last year. Um, he lost to Yaya Thomas and Canyon Store last year, and then beat some guys in extra matches that I've never heard of. Uh, this year he's lost to Doug Zap. He lost to Hunter Richard. He beat a bunch of people I've never heard of. He lost to Will Lawan and Chase Holdate in the duels last weekend.
1: Right. Caleb Young is, has lost a lot of matches this year. Um and he's lost to Lee, Ed Scott, Josh Humphries, David Carr, Quincy Monday, all reputable opponents, of course. Um yeah, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it Caleb Young. Um, I don't think he's gonna bonus him. No, I, think he's gonna be I don't like, think so. At all. Seven, seven, two, eight, two, mm-hmm. something like that. But I think he's gonna beat him up.
0: Yeah, I'll go for five two. Okay, with Young. Not um, Young's not a guy who puts up tons and tons of points, and I think this Penn State kid does not get scored on too too much. Right. Yeah, not the most...
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Iowa. I'm always going to watch Iowa, but yeah. Some some of their... I feel like there's, like, two sectors of, like, the Iowa-style wrestling. One of them is, like, kind of more DeSanto, Gilman-ish, taking a lot of shots, really pushing forward, you know, having the same pace throughout all three periods. And then there's, like the Iowa-style guys who, like, are always stalking and pushing forward but aren't really setting up too many offensive attacks. I wouldn't even want to call them, like, counter-wrestlers. It's more like – I sort of see it as just, like, like m- match management. Like, they're kind of just trying to control the energy and just, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: etch out a takedown at the end of the first period. They're, they're wrestling
0: it. from close range, but it's not – it's not about taking shots It's about just that's where they want to be. They're going to be just pulling on you. Right. They're going to be ear to ear sometimes just ho- kind of holding you there.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, um,
0: I... Do you remember, um, uh, Brandon Sorensen against, uh, Drake show.
1: Yeah. That's like
0: zoo? I remember yeah. getting in this like huge argument with somebody about stalling and, you know, who's being offensive and he, he wasn't, he wasn't making any attempts. Sorensen, you know, was chasing a point late. He's basically just pushing for the sake of pushing. Right. Um, and I think you're right. Some of these Iowa guys do kind of get into that territory.
1: They really are, and like I think, like can you call it stalling? I don't really think so. But like in reality, are they really like not trying to score and just trying to hold good positioning? It it's almost like. <laughs> Those Iowa wrestlers, like it sometimes it reminds me a little bit of like some international guys who just sort of like wait around to the last thirty seconds, push the pace a little bit, um, just kinda try to hold good positioning and wait for their opponent to make a mistake. Um, and just be in good shape, you know, and and if if it does turn into like a, a scrappy match, like they can they could handle themselves in those. It's not like they're not ready for it, but they're just they're just trying to get inside positioning, get ear to ear, and just sort of just sort of control it from there and just wait yeah. around till till their opponent makes a mistake.
0: Mm-hmm. So moving up to one sixty five we've got Alex Marinelli and Brady Bergie. Uh, two old, somewhat injured wrestlers. bergie kind of an interesting story, was at Penn State, was injured a lot, uh, retired from the sport after last season. He tore up his knee, um, in the quarterfinals, I think. No. In, in some match last year, tore up his knee, um... Became an assistant coach at South Dakota State and then decided he wanted to make one last run. Transferred back to Penn State and now he's wrestling at one sixty five. Marinelli, Crazy. of course, uh been around for a long time. Uh been an all American before, but uh has not made the finals. Uh what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Um I think I think Marinelli gonna take this. Um he hasn't wrestled all that great lately. I mean, he's he's been wrestling really well. He's undefeated, um, but not quite looking like his dominant self. Um, so I don't think I don't think he's gonna open up on him. I think it's gonna be a relatively tight match that Marinelli's gonna control. I mean, he's kind of the he's kind of the top dog Marinelli of, of the weight. in in my opinion, um, but yeah, just the, the brutal point scoring that we're kind of used to seeing, I think is not, it's not been happening as much this year. It could be, um, he's a little like, he's a little one dimensional on top. Like he, uh, he just goes for that, like that Iowa Gable bar arm series, where he it into like the cow catcher, which is like really good for riding. And he ends up getting people stuck down there for a really long time, where they're just like trying to not get pinned. But he's also not like he's an offensive wrestler, but he's not like scoring like six, seven takedowns in a match. Yeah, least, I feel like he like, hasn't kind of recently. He hasn't
0: taken people down all that much. I mean, he against opposition this year. He he went six five over Kale Carlson, uh four one over Danny Veronical and then lost uh, last week to Carson Karschler.
1: Right. Yeah, he did lose Karchla. Yeah, um yeah, he doesn't he doesn't quite look all that himself. I, I do think though, I think he's gonna open up at NCA's. I think he's gonna Some switch is going to get flipped because he's had a a rough go at NCAs, and uh, you know, sixth year senior, seventh year, whatever he is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's going to open up in March, but but yeah, I think it's going to be a small a small victory, probably like probably like five to two. He's probably going to get like two takedowns and work on that that bar arm, that gable series. Rack up a point of riding time. Win five two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna go with like three two yeah. in 174, another uh, national final. Uh we've got Carter Daraci against Michael Kemmerer.
1: Possibly the best match mm-hmm. of a whole duel. Um mm. I mean Kemmerer's looked pretty solid since his return, whatever injury or whatever was happening that was holding him back from wrestling earlier in the season, which for a second I thought like, oh, maybe, maybe Kemmer's is going to take an L or two, you know, when he returns, but he seems to, to be just as good as he was last year, you know, um, but Starachi is, is an absolute hammer. <laughs> He's so good. Um I th- I think I think Kemmer's I think Kemmer's gonna win. Um I think his positioning is just like really elite. He's mm-hmm. just very very rarely out of position. Um just really, really good hand fighter. Um yeah, I think I think Kemmer is gonna win like I don't know, five to four. Maybe exchange mm-hmm. takedowns.
0: Yeah, I would want to um, go back and look at their matches from Big Tens and then from uh, the National Finals last year to make a, a more definitive pick, but I kind of want right. to go with okay. You know, I feel like he's going to be better now than he was then, and Kemmerer, I fear, is a little bit worse now than he was then um, with the injuries. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're they're both so good, um, both they're... in terms of their positioning and their their scrambling, their finishing. Uh, I am yeah. gonna go Starachi, three two.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I think it's gonna be low scoring.
0: So that's uh that's the first one where we've disagreed. Yeah. Um. So I have the dual score twelve nine for Iowa at this point. Okay. Um. I think you have it. Fifteen to six, then. Okay. For Iowa. For Iowa. Um, we both, I think, have no bonus points, right? No bonus. Moving on to one eighty four, we've got um Abe Asad against Aaron Brooks. Brooks was the national champ last year. Uh, how do you see this one?
1: Um, Abe Asad has looked pretty good this year. Um. Really, really good. He is he a sophomore or is he a redshirt freshman?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. He I know, I know he's, he's at a least a redshirt buck.
1: sophomore. Yeah, he
0: um, um he was the starter in 2020 when the season got canceled at the very end. Right.
1: Yeah, I I think Brooks. I think Brooks is one of the best wrestlers of like pound for pound right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brooks is gonna kind of big brother him a little bit. I don't think he's gonna major him, but I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna shut down Abisad pretty hard. Um, I'm thinking like six nothing. Um, Brooks is just too good in, in literally every single position. Um, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think Brooks is, uh, going to win, and the question is just by how much. Right. Um, I mean, Brooks has put up a lot of points against pretty much everyone. Yep. Um, so looking at Brooks's results this year, he bonus in 7 out of 11 matches. That's actually less than I thought. Um, so he had a 3-2 with Parker Keck-Eisen, Fifteen to three over Cornell, nineteen to seven over Cochran from Maryland, thirteen to four over Washington, ten to two over Pusnianski. Yeah, I think he's going to major. Um, he's going to major Atesad. Okay. Do you uh, you see decision here? Or just a.
1: I see decision. Um, I think Atesad's really good. Uh, I think he's gonna beat him really soundly. I think it could turn into like, you know, there's one more minute in the match. There's 30 seconds left in the third, and he's trying to push mm-hmm. for a major decision, trying to get a, you know, an extra takedown, or trying to try to keep him down and get a build a a riding time point to get a major. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I can't see Abasad playing an upset here, mm-hmm. yeah, I think just a decision.
0: All right, one ninety-seven. This to me is one of the big toss-ups in the whole duel. Uh, Jacob Warner against Max Dean.
1: Yeah, this this could. I mean, Jacob Warner, I think is is a little bit boring. He's he's never been like super super exciting to watch um it was it was versus Dean you said right yeah yeah I I think I think I think Dean's gonna kind of beat him up honestly um Mm. I think Dean's really really good I think he's super super dynamic um Warner's kind of one of those IO wrestlers we were just talking about who's kind of just tries to hold position and stalk forward and that offensive stalling however you want to to look at it but I think Dean's gonna pick him apart um I'm going major decision for Dean really yeah mm. going like 10-2 or something like that mm.
0: I might just be I'm not sure if I'm higher on Warner if I'm way lower on Dean than you but I think this one's Actually fairly competitive, where I think Warner's got a shot at winning it. Um, and I'm going to pick Dean to win, like, 4-2. to two. Okay. Um, last match of the night, uh, Cassiope against Kirkfleet. Uh, Kirkfleet Oof. looked really good, beat Mason Paris last week.
1: Yeah, he looked great against Paris. Um, crazy to see Paris get controlled like that. Um, yeah, and then Slim Tone, Tone Tone, whatever, whatever you call Cassiopeia. Mm-hmm. now. Um, I mean, he's looked really good. He gave up that one pin earlier in the season, but that was like, I hate Another saying, change. yeah, I, I hate saying people get caught cause like my response to being like, oh, he caught me is always like, well, cause like you did something right and you did something wrong. Yeah, um, yeah he, but he, he was, very
0: much did something wrong, and the other guy did something right in that one. But well, he was—is it something he was going to repeat? Right, like, is it something. Because he was—he um, was starting to turn the guy right. You he, he'd already turned him. He had him on his back.
1: He already turned him. I think he had yeah. like a reverse half or a, just a regular half Nelson in, mm-hmm. and he just the, got uh, like grabbed the head and punched through their legs. Yep. Yep um so yeah that was that was kind of a fluke to me as much Mm -hmm. as I hate to say that um I don't know man this one's really tough Cassiopeia has looked really really good this year and so Mm -hmm. has Kirkfleet um so
0: Cassiopeia beat him 9-0 last year at Big Tens um and now they say Kirkfleet was injured or had like a staph infection okay couldn't train or something
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be a close match. Um, I mean, Kirk had issues on bottom, but right. I don't think um, I don't think it's gonna be much of a of a mat wrestling mm-hmm. match. Um, yeah, I think
0: Kirk's gonna choose neutral.
1: I think Kirk will will choose neutral. Um, Cassiopeia's Cassiopeia.
0: not likely to choose top unless he's down like five one in the third.
1: Yeah, which I don't think that's gonna happen. Right. I, I think most of the matches gonna be on their feet. Um, I mean, Kirkfleet's real slick. I mean, he's kind of got that that classic like upper weight PSU style of like little knee picks and uh, cross ankle kind of stuff like that. I mean, can that can how will that work against? Cassiope kind of just being like really good positioning, just super solid positioning. He, he could scramble too, and he can, he can roll rounds. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think I'm going to give this to Kirkfleet. Um, I think he's too dynamic. I think he's gonna maybe wear him down a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be a, a tight on the feet match, like a three to two. So I'm going decision, Kirkfleet.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I I'm gonna go like five to two, Kirkfleet. I think he. The speed he was getting to Paris's legs on Friday, where he, he he wasn't. There was no setup. He's just shooting straight in. on um, right. To um to Paris's lead leg. Just hitting so quickly, um I think. Paris had a pretty significant speed advantage over Cassiope and you know, maybe that's changed now with his his weight loss or whatever, but I don't know, it's it's hard not to make that comparison.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think Cassiope's like most uh what's the word? Like I think he wrestles best against like the classic folk-style heavyweight, just the really, really big dudes who hold good positioning and don't give up a lot of points, don't score a lot of points. I think he opens up on guys like that. But against a wrestler like Kirkfleet, who's super dynamic and elusive and hitting a variety of takedowns and can shoot from the outside and can scramble really, really well, I don't think that's an ideal matchup type. Type of matchup for him, someone that athletic. So yeah, I think Kirk. I think Kirk Fleet's gonna 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 edge it out on the close one.
0: Mhm. So um, for me that makes the final score nineteen to twelve in favor of Penn State. Uh, and for you, uh, what would that be? Sixteen, fifteen, Penn State. Nice. Um, yeah, so it should be a good duel. Um, a lot of matches that could go either way in there. Uh, yeah, I think there's there's any, a lot any, of toss ups. Thoughts? Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, who do you who do you think's gonna get Carvered? I feel like there's one person each Carver duel who just crumbles. Who do you think it's going to be? I mean,
0: the one you mentioned was Bartlett. I think that's the one that makes the most
1: sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think Bartlett might get Carver. But who knows? I mean, some some young bucks, when when they do get at Carver, like I think it kind of jacks them up a little bit, and they like it. But, I mean, I've never wrestled at Carver, obviously. I don't know what it feels like, but it's got to be super intimidating. And... um yeah, just tough tough for for young wrestlers to to really open up and feel comfortable scoring a lot of points in an environment like that.
0: Yeah, so that's the end of our um modern day wrestling talk. You want to move on now to a bit of old school wrestling? We've um, we've spent a lot longer on this than I expected.
1: Yeah, we could do. You want to do one match or two matches?
0: Yeah, let's let's start with one and see how it goes.
1: Okay. Um. All right. So I wanted to do um an old Iron Man match. Probably, probably one of my favorite matches of all time. But um. 2011 um, Iron Man semi Tomasello versus Zeke Moise. Um If anybody who's watching wants to try to like play it at the same time that we do, we're going to try to like commentate the match. Um, so do you have the match ready to go? I do, yeah. Okay. All right. You want to start the match in... Like, all right, three, two, one, go.
0: All right. So this is, the, this is a high school tournament. Zeke Moisey, who went on to wrestle for West Virginia, was a two-time All-American uh, against Nathan Tomasello, who went on to wrestle for Ohio State, was a four-time All-American and a national champ. These two hit in the national finals. This is the Walsh Ironman Tournament, which is one of the uh, biggest high school tournaments. This is the 113-pound semifinals.
1: Yeah, this, um, shout-out to Zeb Miller, um, Go Ohio Um really good job on commentary um, by Zeb, but yeah, super, super fun matchup. Both are are really scrappy. Um, Zeke gets a real big cradle really early on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
0: interesting to see early on. So this this is his thing. He gets the single leg and then he goes to the head, right? He,
1: yeah, this exactly. This is what he
0: um, did to Thomas Gilman.
1: Exactly. Yeah, he just, oof.
0: Yeah, very nice.
1: Super nice. Looked oh, like cause... he was going to get the fall. Mm-hmm. Really close.
0: Yeah, he, he commits all the way to that. When he, um... When he when he reaches to the head, he's not reaching to the head. He's reaching way above it, so he can crunch down hard.
1: Right. Yeah, it's like a smack with, like, his bicep, mm-hmm. like, on the back of their head and really just, like, snags that, like, left elbow down into, like, his own hip and... um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Moisey, Moisey starts it off, like, super hot um, and gets that that big cradle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he, he really did hit that, like, throughout his career, um, like, singles coming up to his feet and just throwing on a cradle and, and getting some pins. And he was Moisey was such an interesting wrestler, too. He was, like, I love wrestlers who were, like, hot and cold because you, like, never know what you're going to get. So, it, you know, they could they could hang or beat, you know, a number one, number two guy one week and then get beat up by some random scrub. Um that was kind of Moisey's Moise's thing. That was I guess when he made the finals against Tomasello, that was like the the tournament of his life. Um I think he beat um he beat Nashawn Garrett too, I think, in that in that tournament. I could be wrong about that. But I know I knew he yeah, he, he did, took yeah. out he took out a lot of big dudes. Um but yeah, Tomasello going down, second period. Um, oh, going back up to his feet, I guess. But yeah, I thought I remember watching this match, and this is probably the first time I saw uh, Tomasello, And oh man, that that yeah, elbow off, yeah. so nice. I mm. I thought he was the most like shoe-in-Iowa wrestler I'd ever really? seen. Like, I was huge, huge obsessed with Brands and Iowa at this time. And his elbow-off looked pretty similar to to both the Brands brothers. Mm-hmm. So I, I it's thought, interesting.
0: So we've seen Tomasello in this match go to the two-on-one, go to the underhook a lot, right? which is, you know, the classic, like, strong kids tie. You know, you right. want those control ties. I feel like that was not something he did at all in college. He did Not the two really one a little bit. Yeah. But I feel like he he never went for an underhook in college.
1: I don't think he did. He would do that baseball grip mm-hmm. tie a lot. Um But yeah, his his elbow offs some in this match are super intense. And just his pace right now, like mm-hmm. I feel like Yeah, so they Mo- won't hit
0: Moisey for stalling off.
1: Right. I mean Moisey knows it too. He's just like, dang, like I got that big move. Like in the first period, like how long can I mm-hmm. hold him off? Because yeah, Tomasello is just coming so there, in super hard. Takedown, another takedown, slapping him back up to his feet.
0: Mm-hmm. And he he almost has that Metcalf thing where it's it's the lefty high crotch, and when they circle too hard away from it, he hits the the sweet single.
1: Right. Yeah, that's why I thought he was, like, I was, I was, like, pretty disappointed when I heard he was going to Ohio State, I'm like, this is the most, like, quintessential, like, like high school, Iowa-style wrestler, like, in the nation, and just, just his pace, the elbows off, I mean, like you're saying, like, similar to Metcalf with that single, um, Break in action. for a Yeah. Second. Okay. So,
0: so one thing, you know, when one guy's you know tired, they say you know, oh, you know, the the breaks in the action are such an advantage to the guy who's tired. You know, they they let you completely recover. Do you think it actually plays out that way? Because I feel like if there's a guy who's gassed, and then they there's like a, a review or like blood time, like they stay gassed, like they don't actually recover in that. You know blood time or
1: whatever yeah it's kind of interesting like i mean anybody who's listening to this podcast knows how it feels to be tired of a match and like you get 30 second blood time like is that really doing mm-hmm. very much um i mean i think more it helps as like a mental break you know sometimes you need to just yeah. like kind of yeah, like the the be. burrows like sock pull mm-hmm. kind of thing um so, did of,
0: they give the t- the takedown there?
1: I don't think they give. give okay,
0: the yeah, there. right. They're starting neutral.
1: But yeah, there True. he goes with that like baseball group mm-hmm. again. Um, but yeah, just super offensive. I guess I mean, I guess Thomasell turned it down a, a little bit in college. Like, I don't think you've seen him like this aggressive. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean his his freshman year, he really took. He scored a lot of points. He did.
1: He scored a lot. Um yeah, that high crotch is mm-hmm. so nice. Moisey tries to roll it through. I don't think Thomasell scores here. No. Yeah, it's like stalemate.
0: That was one thing. He was never a great scrambler, Thomas Yeah. He
1: was
0: he was a good finisher, so he got better at avoiding scrambles. Right. But when he got put in there, um against the fast guys would not always come out on top.
1: Right. So it's in, it's
0: interesting too. I feel like a lot of these guys, um, the Tomasellos, the Metcalfs. Um, and I I like you was really into this. I tried to wrestle this way. Yeah. So early in the match, um, Moisey was able to drop in on that single leg. I feel like Tomacello's right. gotten better at avoiding that. That he his positioning has improved as the match is going on. Usually, people start coming out of stance a little bit. Right. Um. As the match goes on, you start just a little bit tired. Can really affect your stance. But he he, you know, has has done a better job of avoiding this, of avoiding those opportunities of keeping his hands low of, you know, getting hands on him before like covering covering that middle range where the guy can shoot so quickly. Right.
1: Yeah, I think like. I mean the, the energy of this match and the crowd is mm-hmm. insane and you could you could tell like Tomacel right now he's like let's like let's go like let's like get this going like enough of the breaks I don't think he was tired at any point of this match at all uh, regardless of of his pace um but Yeah I don't know I I guess there's some people I don't know if Tomacel has done this like throughout his career or something but like some people need to like get taken down or, like, have the first period out of the way before they could kind of really start opening up and, like, get in a little mm-hmm. bit of a groove. And I don't know if they have ever wrestled before prior to this. Um, so maybe he just needed to feel him out for a second. But Moisey, besides that initial takedown to his back, he's been completely shut down offensively. He can't get to that single at all. Like, Tom sells like controlling every single tie, like everyone, like Moisey has not really been in a scoring position at any point of the match. Um, Good single attempt there. Um, Huge knee pull. That's nice. Amazing. Yeah, just those three attacks too, like... Just being inside and just going, like, high crotch, fake the other side with the single, come back, knee pull, Mm -hmm. and then just coming at it again. Like, at a high school level, like, in 2011, like, that's super, super impressive. Mm -hmm. And so these guys
0: are both sophomores at the time, right?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. That was one thing. He always was really good, beating the Wither.
1: Right. He's tiny. He's got short arms. Comes again.
0: And you can see there's also been a, a um, what we talked about, about he gets better as the match goes on. Part of it is that the other guy just starts thinking survive. Right. So there's, there's no attempt for Moisey really to use that front head No.
1: Yeah, at, at this point, I feel like mentally, like Moisey just hasn't mm-hmm. had much of a time to like even think about offense. He's mm-hmm. sort of just trying to like not get burnt out, mm-hmm. um, just so trying to stay tough. Just, just,
0: but just by being aggressive, Tomasello has really shut down Moise's offense. And there he shoots right. and he's back in on it. Right. You know, when he chooses to be offensive, it's gone pretty well for him. Right. But Tomasello's got him so worried about just you know not getting scored on that he doesn't take those shots right yeah and I this, think this th- is
1: nice here that was nice I think I think I mean Moisey was probably a, a head case maybe you could see it a little mm-hmm. bit this match I mean same with all those the hot and cold wrestlers um you know it's like sometimes sometimes they're on or sometimes you see them like just hit a takedown and you're like whoa like where did that come from I don't know what's going on mentally, but, yeah, then here, big takedown for Tomasolo. Um, I love that takedown so much. Like, his right leg, like, flails out. He just, like, knee slides super hard with it up into Moisey, and then Moisey just gives up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I lost. So like, I, I get it. Um, huge celebration from NATO. Mm-hmm. Um Amazing match. W- one of my favorite matches of all time. Um just like that huge cradle at the beginning from Moisey and then Thomas Hill just like putting on the pace like pretty much as hard as you can without putting yourself out of position. Um and none of his none of his attacks at any point were like putting himself in bad position, like they were all good shot attempts. Um yeah just really good stuff from Nato I was just so convinced after that match I was like this is the most Iowa style wrestler like I've ever seen like in high mm-hmm. school you know besides like the Brands or or Metcalf or anyone else like from that era um so yeah Nato's the man um one of, them, one of the best high school matches of all time mm-hmm.
0: alright Tom this is uh this has been a lot of fun um, oh, and again, you are uh, old school wrestling clips on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we will put um, the link to that match in uh, in the comments to the tweet with the link to this podcast. Um, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, man. It was a blast.